All right, welcome to the very first Yanks Abroad, our new soccer, football, footy, whatever you want to call it, channel. We're going to be talking Premier League, we're going to be talking Arsenal, Tottenham, talking U.S. Men's National Team, European Championships, everything and anything soccer, anything football, we're here for it. Everything and nothing at and the nothing, same time. For sure. I'm Will Balsam. Casey Settleman. Um, you, hopefully some of you are finding me from my Hale End account uh, related with Arsenal. I'll definitely be posting that here to get it going. Casey's got his own stuff going as well. Yep. Uh, I mean, if you're here through that, you know why you're here. And if not, we're trustworthy voices and uh, hopefully we'll bring you some, some good content along the way. Will's more trustworthy than I am. I'll put that out uh, before we even get started. But yeah, episode one, we have our team of the Premier League thus far. We're halfway through the season. You want to start us off? Sure. You want to go 1-1 one, one, or you want to go I was thinking team. the same thing. What do you think? Full team or 1-1? One, one? Because if we go 1-1, one, one, we may be arguing through every single pick. Sure, but okay. Let's let's go through my whole team first. Let's, right, let's do that. Go for it. You're going to like Do this you first want one. my reactions throughout or wait till you get through? Just be natural. Just be natural. Okay. If, you, if you're very, very frustrated by something, feel free. But I think you're going to find this to be pretty fair. All right. All right. At goalie, I've got Vicario. I love that. That's a He's brilliant been fantastic. Start. He's been And amazing. honestly, for years, I think Yuri has been past it. I think if he doesn't win that World Cup with France, I think he ends up leaving Tottenham a lot sooner than he does. I don't think... He, he let in a lot of questionable goals in the Towards last... Towards the last three to four, there were a lot... His reflexes, I don't think, ever went away, but close range, close range saves and decision makes decision-making playing out of the back was brutal towards yeah, the end of his it was, career. It was bad. Club and legend, so I don't want to talk bad on him, but if you were watching, it's a fact he didn't play well towards the end of the season. 100%. And, I mean, Vicario's been so calm on the ball. His reaction saves are incredible. I mean, I think there's been a couple times where I've been like, maybe he could have saved that, but he's made up for it plenty, and a huge reason Tottenham is where they are. I completely agree. No. I feel like we should go position for position now. Okay. All right. In goal, I'm glad you went there because I went... Martinez for Aston Villa. Really? The only reason I didn't go Vicario, I completely agree with your pick and won't argue on it, is because I didn't want to seem too biased in the rest of my team. What are we, in fifth place as of right now? And I can't have half the squad being Tottenham players if we're only in fifth place for my team <laughs> of the half season. So I went Martinez. Villa's sitting in third place right now off of two wins on the spin against City and Tottenham. And I think he plays a big part in it. His shot saving's good. I'm I'm not sure he does anything great. His shot saving good. I'm a Martinez it's, hater. I'm gonna are be you? honest. I think he's the most overrated goalkeeper really? in the world. Okay. He he gets in guys' faces. He's a great protagonist. People like to root for him. But I don't think I think there's way too many goals where it's like, how did that go in? I think his ball playing ability is well overrated. And the fact that he's a good penalty saver is why people think he's so good. And that is honestly one of the most useless tactics. Sure. To have. No, that's fine because it's a crapshoot. You yeah. either guess the right way or you don't. Correct. My thing is, he's a great leader, and in a relatively young side, I think that's important. He uh, brings some sure. experience, and his confidence, it, I think, pa, I mean, Pau Torres has brought a lot to that. Defense. Yeah. But third place, and when I lo looked through the Villa side, what has gotten them to third place? I don't know if he screams out at you, but I think overall, it's a good team. I mean, They're he's well also, he stuck it out there, I feel like. They brought him in. He was like shitting on Arsenal, being like Aston Villa are better than Arsenal. Yeah. That's why. I'm, that's why I'm going there. Then it kind of you know blew up in his face with Gerrard and kind of a disaster. They yeah. almost uh, got relegated. I think that was the year before he got there, but they were not one of the better teams. And and yeah, I mean Emery's got them playing great ball, yeah. and and he's a big part of. And it. just watching them over the past few games, they 
the defense as it's confusing because they've been good, but it's also so suspect in the sense that they're kind of leaky. And the fact that they don't have that many goals conceded and they are third in the Premier League, I think does say a good amount about how his shot stopping has been thus far this season. It's also speaks a lot to Unai Emery ball. And like, I have a friend who's an Aston Villa fan and like, he honestly, I didn't take much for me to say for him to agree with me being like, even the Arsenal win was like almost completely lucky. Like, I mean, Odegaard missed one right in front of the goal. There was kind of a questionable right call, but like we kind of scored at the end. They are going to get beaten transition. They're not willing to, like I see Emery as a, a more tactical Ange, but in the way that Ange is like, he's going to play Emery ball oh, and it's going to no work yeah. and it's not going to work. Like, yeah. I feel like Arteta, who is actually seen as someone who's more stubborn than those two guys, is actually not and is willing to play to the strengths and weaknesses of his opposition more. Uh, but just because he comes off as a stubborn personality, it's a oh, different conversation. He does come off stubborn, but we'll move on. Um, I'm more than happy to move on with Fuck. Yeah, Vicario. Oh, perfect. All right, right back. I think we're gonna have the same person. It's got to be Trent Alexander Arnold. He has been at his best. They're finally allowing him to drift more inward, find more space in the half spaces, deliver crosses, shots from the areas where he's best. He's got two goals and two assists already. He's in a ninety-nine percent. He's in the ninety-nine percent tile of fullbacks for chances created. He's doing what he does best. I don't mind the defensive liability that he is because that's the modern fullback in a lot of ways. And so, to me, when Trent's at his best, he's the best right back in the world, and he will go down as the best right back in Premier League history. That's that's a huge take, which I... First, to the... I think Kyle Walker and what he's done, his longevity in the Premier League, and what he did on that Tottenham side when they were so good, and then now what he's done for City, I think it would be tr- tough for Trent to overtake him. That's one. Two, I don't think you can get over the leakiness and his ineptitude in defense because Liverpool is so good in defense and the fact that most of their goals are conceded through him either falling asleep or mistakes. Yeah, I mean, he's has, been dribbled past more than any defender in the Premier League that's, 30 times. That's And so, so for me, while it is a trade-off and that most people will take, I'll, I would even take it. I just, I personally put Pedro Porro. And I don't think this okay. is a biased take. For me, it was between him, Trippier, and... Honestly, I was going to have Trippier until the absolute disaster he had against Everton. That is... Oh, he had more of a disaster against Tottenham. Yeah, and Tottenham too, but I was oh doing this God. just before the Yeah, the so game. Trippier, he he was probably it oh, until the last two performances. Pedro Porro, the way Son made Trippier look on... This will be two weeks now. Pedro Porro, did you see the ball he played to Richarlison over the top? No, I did not. It was one of the most beautiful balls I've ever seen. I, I, I Non-biasedly, I think he's been the best right back in the Premier League because he's made such a leap defensively. Originally, we didn't want to play him in this Ange style because we didn't think that he would be able to defend. He's been able to defend extremely well to everyone's surprise. So I put him at right back. Um, and I think over the entire season, he'll show consistently in the Ange system, the way they come inverted, almost playing center attacking mid at a point. I think he's been the best right back so far. All right. I mean, again, like, I mean, Tottenham are playing great. And when they've been healthy, their players, as much as it pains me to say, have been excellent. I I think Pedro Porro has been good. He probably was, probably would have had him third or fourth so far this season. So I think that's, that's I just can't get over Trent's defensive, how, how poor he is in defense. Yeah, I understand that. I personally like, I think it also comes from like a state of, the team that I watch where it's like 
we're not defending with four defenders. We're defending right. with three defenders. And if one of those defenders is at Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's really the fourth extra man, yeah. then I'm not going to mind his defensive That's weaknesses. That's fair. All right, center backs. Let's go both at the same. Like, All I'm right. going to say both of my center All backs. Right. And I think this this is pretty uniform. I mean, I think William Saliba is the best center back in the Premier League. I okay. think that's like not biased at all. I think he's a top three center back in the world, if not the best. Uh, the other center back I went with is is Van Dyke, and I think it's actually interesting because I would say going into this year, I thought Van Dyke was on a steep downward. I, after coming back from the ACL, he lost a step. He was not closing down the way he used to be. He, I mean, he went what was it like thirty four matches without getting dribble pass or thirty eight matches without getting dribble pass, and then last year he was dribble passed quite a few times. Um, but he's really learned how to adapt his game to that little bit of loss of speed. He's still pinging diagonals like as well as anyone. And he's actually been quite effective in the box winning aerial duels offensively as well. So, I mean, I think Saliba and Van Dyke, number one, would be an unbelievable center back pairing to watch together. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, that's who I've got. Who do you got? Same? Exact same. And Saliba, one, I don't know how he hasn't gotten into the French side. I, there's Well, I mean, to me, it's it's the same thing as like Southgate where it's like, how is he still playing Maguire and whoever when like Maguire doesn't start? Like this is Varane still starts for France a yeah. lot of the time. That doesn't make any but sense. But I also to me. do to that point, and this is off topic, but I do think there are people who mentally just click something once they're in the international camp and they just feel no for sure different. And, and I think Maguire's good. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Maguire's actually been playing well for United yeah, of until late. The and I United, think yes. Saliba. I think Varane plays well and can turn that same knob when he gets into the French camp. But anyways, Saliba, I completely agree. I think he's, I think it's questionable if he's the best center back in the Prem right now with the way Van Dyke's playing. I had the exact same thing post ACL injury. Yeah. There were question marks. He was going on a decline. I, mean, I, I was the king of saying he's fully regressing and Liverpool is going to have to make big changes. But going into this year, I thought there was a chance Virgil Van Dyke would not be in the starting 11 by the end of the season if they were going to be having a successful year. But he's totally he's turned it around. Yeah. He's, he's, he's turned great. it around. He looks healthy. He, Like you said, he lost a step, and he's adapted to it. I have the exact same, exact same two center backs. I mean, and the two of them together would be so yeah, much insane. fun to watch. I mean, insane. nobody, first of all, the two calmest center backs on the ball, yeah. and nobody would get by them. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, left back, I kind of cheated on left back. I went with a guy who plays some at left back and some at some, but I couldn't not include him because I think in the last 18 months, he's been like the most underrated defender in the world. And that's Nathan Ake. He is one of one of one defenders I've ever seen completely shut down Bukayo Saka in back-to-back matches. He is fucking so fast and strong. He is so calm. And he actually does a pretty good job for a not natural left back when he gets forward. I mean, he scored a wonderful goal against us last year, but he's been great this year. I think he's shown how good he is by the fact that Gavardiol, who everyone thought was going to walk into this side is like not been great in comparison. And Nathan Ake just not, doesn't get his flowers. I mean, people talk about Ruben Diaz as if he's Nathan. Nathan Ake is the best defender in that team, maybe aside from John Stones and, and Kyle it's Walker. I mean, obviously. Sto- it's prob- Stones is, it's is so tough to... Stones is playing, literally plays midfield now. It's so, so tough like, to bucket. <laughs> yeah. It's so tough to do these with City players because you could call Stones a center back or a six. Right. You could call... Walker, a center back, or, or right, right back. back. Ake, Ake, same yeah. thing. And Gavardi, all the same. Yeah, no, 100%. Even Akanji, since Stones is hurt, has stepped in and played that midfield yeah. role alongside Rodri. So. And even with the way they've been playing lately, like when they play Grealish out left, he almost, to me, plays more like a left wing back. He's so cl- close to the touchline and is never really running at defenders that often. It's usually whoever's playing either the 10 or the 8 is making the runs into that left-sided pocket. But... I had Destiny Odogi, and 
I think it's a huge reason why when we were healthy, we started so well is because the key to Angie's system is those two fullbacks going into those almost center attacking mid pockets and Madison was dropping deep. And the fact that he was able to do that and at such a high level, it's easier, I think, for Poro because he has Kulisevsky on the right side who's a little bit better. He was working with Richarlison out on the left. And I think similar to Poro, the same thing with Adogi, people wondered about his defending. He's played himself into the Italian national side. He's a starting left back for Italy as of right now. And I don't mind the Ake one because he just didn't originally come to my mind when I was thinking left backs. And I was going to go with Stupinian because when he's played, he's been great, but he's been he's been injured like almost half the season at this point. Yep. Um, so I went Udogi, but Ake is a really good shout. It just didn't, it, it, it was like, like the people that come to mind, Robertson, Luke Shaw, and Udogi. I just didn't think of Ake, but that's a pretty good shout. Yeah, no, I mean, Udogi's been awesome. I was excited. Like, he's actually one Tottenham player I was excited to watch this year, which yeah. I'm very rarely going to say about Tottenham players, but like I've watched a lot of him uh, in Serie A and just like, he's a fascinating player to me. I think there's a lot to, to uh, be learned there defensively for him still. I think he's... Like, I think he succeeds a lot for Italy because they, more often than not, are playing that back five. He has a little bit less responsibility defensively. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... He also makes up for... I'm, I don't, I'm being a hypocrite also because I'm saying... Right, exactly. Under no, Arnold, that's right? fair. Anna, but, no, it's a fair <laughs> point because that's why I discern Alexander-Arnold. I think he's making up for some mental lapses and being just a young player in general. No, for sure. I mean, not he's obviously made a couple of mistakes. He's making up for a lot of it with his athleticism. For like, sure. he gets, he's probably out of place. And then, similar to how Kyle Walker does it, even though he's 30, whatever. Right. He still has those lapses, but makes up with it in his yeah, athleticism. I mean, his recovery speed Udogi is Udogi has, has been doing the same. But there are times where it's like, the ball's on the left side, it's cut back, and you need to be tracking the, the guy who's coming to the top box, and he's not doing it. So there, mentally, there's 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 ways to go, but yeah. For sure. Um, Midfield-wise, what did you do? I went a defensive midfielder. I, I kind of like cheated. A, I did probably two DMs and a center attacking mid. But I we'll kind of did the same, but like I kind of made the second defensive midfield. Well, both defensive midfielders can play as a six or an eight. So that's, sure, that works. All right, so... I think You're going to go Declan Rice and you don't need to explain. It's Declan Rice. He's so, the best six in the world. It's Declan Rice and the things he's, he's been doing. He's better than Rodri. I'm not There's to, not so, a debate. The only reason I, I wrote down. You put down Rodri. You're a Tottenham fan. I wrote down Rice. You put down him in. I, write down, put down I wrote Hoiberg. down Rice but Rodri. Okay. Rice is the best and has been the best for in the Premier League. I mean, defensively, organizationally. Passing and then the fact that he saved Arsenal on countless times, like two game winning goals, is insane. In, in the is insane, minute. and I'm not taking anything away from it as a Tottenham well, fan. The third goal, by the way, was the Chelsea goal from like near yeah. halfway, which got us back in the yeah. match. And as well. so going from West Ham, another North London rival, to Arsenal, like I just respect him. His and he's a pure engine, but he also has the passing, and he's amazing. The only reason I put Rodri is because the stats of when Rodri plays and doesn't play for City is genuinely mind-blowing. Well, there's only those stats because he's getting suspended versus Declan Rice, who hasn't been suspended. I mean, that's one time. But nonetheless, this has been going on for three years. This has been going on for three years that he, when he's not on the side, they are... I mean, the biggest mistake, in my opinion, I mean, I don't know how far back it goes in terms of Pep, but... 
to my knowledge, his biggest mistake was overthinking it in the Champions League final against Chelsea. He didn't put Rodri in the side. They obviously lost that Champions League final. And then you... It's crazy that he and then you, thought that starting lineup. It's and then you go to the next so Champions crazy. League and he scores the game winner. But that's obviously a very small sample size. You know what's funny about Rodri? That's similar to Rice. They both seemingly pop up and score massive goals. They're both fantastic. And the reason... I mean, I'm going to say the reason Rice has Rodri is transition. Rodri is actually so weak in transition. Slow. Yeah. And Declan Rice is not only have incredible recovery speed, but he's not super aggressive in transition, which I think has been the biggest difference this year and why our spine has been so excellent. We have the most errors leading to goal, yet the fewest goals conceded in the Premier League, which speaks Says a lot. insane yeah. amounts. And like the difference between him and Partey is like, Partey is going to offer both a little bit more going forward with like his vertical passing, uh, his aggressiveness, but that also takes away defensively when he is overly aggressive yeah. as a six. If you people kind of forget this because like you think of Simeone and Atletico Madrid as a super defensive side, but Partey was never a lone six in that side. They yeah. put him and Rodri played alongside each other a lot um, as like a double pivot. And so when he first came to Arsenal, he had to learn how to have the responsibility of a lone six. I mean, that's the most responsibility on the pitch. Yeah. And like as much as he learned it and has been fantastic for us at times, like Declan Rice has got that instilled oh, in his fucking brain. Yeah, at the six, you want to be, but everything in the back of your mind needs to be like, if this pass goes awry, if right. it gets stolen, where and, do you And it's need also to be on the ball. Wise? Like, if you're going to make this pass, what's right. the risk if this pass exactly. doesn't succeed? No, no, because no. now you're out of position. And that's where, that's what Thomas, like, a couple of goals last year, just off the top of my head, like when uh, Rashford scored that screamer against us, like that was just simply Partey making a bad pass, then being caught in a situation where he had to try and dive in and make a tackle on Rashford who went right around him and scored. Right. Like, yeah. Rice doesn't make that I'm mistake. Not, I'm not taking... I My answer is Rice, but I wanted to give Rodri his flowers to... And you wanted to have this discussion about it. Of course. So. And there's so <laughs> many people in the city side who get so much of the attention or the praise when they're sure. playing well. And it's surfaced itself recently because it's happened more often than that he hasn't been in the side. But if you look over the course of three or four years when he's not in the side, the difference in the results is almost mind-boggling. And I just look to towards the champ, the two Champions League finals. Who, who will have a bigger legacy in the Premier League when it's all said and done? Rodri or Declan Rice? The only, I think that's, It's tough because everyone... Because people from England... It's weird because they hate on the English players the most, but they also want to give them the most praise when they're the best. So I think people will try and push a Rice agenda, but pure accomplishment-wise, as of right now, you have to go Rodri, and I don't see... No, right now, it's definitely No, no, of course. I don't see the future, or maybe I don't want to see the future where Arsenal becomes as dominant as City. So as of right now, and my answer will be for the future, I'm going Rodri just because I don't see Arsenal taking... Especially with the squad they have right now, which we'll get into later, I don't see him being able to build that legacy, although player for player in a vacuum, can I see him? Potentially. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's also like his legacy, even if he doesn't do it at Arsenal, like if he were to win a Euros or a World Cup with England, like that will change his legacy oh, no matter 100%. what. And like, that's not the conversation. Yeah. So, all right, all right moving next. on. This is where I got my ass in Villa player on the side. I went Douglas Louise. And really? Douglas Louise, the most underrated player in the entire Premier League this well, season, in my it's opinion. It's funny, Douglas Louise, like, I feel like he's been a little inconsistent. Over the last few years, like, at times, he's been... He's just not really a lone six. And, like, he's been asked to play that position, especially for, like, when Gerard tried to play super expansive type of football, like, when they didn't have the squad for it. And he's a little slow. Like, he just can't cover space in the way that a lone six needs to. And he is being put... He's the ideal prototypical Emery midfielder. 
He is a like to me. He's like Lucas Torreira, who Emery liked to play so far up the pitch, even though he wasn't actually a lone six. Where it's like this guy's going to make great defensive actions. He's going to win tons of duels in midfield, and he's also like going to score some bangers. Him breaking he, up play is so important in itself. And if that's all he did, he'd right. be amazing. The goal contributions he's giving this season and to they're Villa, mostly spectacular. Oh God, they're not is, like is like, special. They're yeah. incredible range of passing and and I mean he's deadly offset pieces. How complete of a player he's playing as this season. Emery's gotten me, the best out of for him. For me was it was so easy to include him. Also him and Declan Rice together yeah. would be awesome and oh we'll God. get we'll get a little yeah. bit to that later. I mean on. just thinking about it like the the state of eights just in the Premier League in general, this I just feel like is position. is like low for whatever reason. I don't know why. I feel like there's four or five who are literally incredible, and then the rest, yeah. it's like... It's also to credit some of the lower sides in the league, like experimenting with younger midfielders like yeah. Cameron Archer yeah. playing as like more of an, a 10 mm-hmm. or advanced aid and, and um, J, uh, Jacob Ramsey, uh, Aaron Ramsey, Jacob Ramsey's brother. There's just a lot of like young English... Like, even, like, Carney Chukwameka, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, I think there's, like, another level of athletic eights that's coming along because I feel like for a while, like, we thought of the eight as, like, a David Silva-type player. And, like, there's a kind of a more lanky... Pop star. Yeah, for Tottenham, he's he's like not a, in a there. A taller, lankier. That's coming. the next generation he's of coming, eight. Yeah. And like, I think we're seeing Arteta try that with Havertz right now, where it's like you've got a six foot two dual yeah. winning monster, or six, he's even taller Relax than that monster. Maybe. He's a, I mean, I his dual, he's winning ton, more duels than like any midfielder. Physically, he may be. A that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's what I mean. Monster physically. That's kind of Arteta's kind of trying this new style of eight. Yeah. Um, like Matthias Nunes, who um, City, City have. Yeah, he's yeah. also that style. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then we're going to have the same attacking midfielder. That's boring. It's James Madison. Okay. I, mean, I was just making sure you didn't want to put... Because I no, put, it's James I Madison. put Madison first and then Odegaard because he has been injured for... I think... So it was tough to balance... Same midfield three. That's... That I'm is, surprised. I'm surprised you you went Rice. Well, I guess you went Rodri. So not really. I, I went Rice. I I went Rice. He was the first name down, but I wanted to give Rodri his flowers. And then here I put down Madison and then Odegaard because I wanted to... I wasn't sure what we wanted our sample size to be enough to get them in, but I think he easily did enough, regardless of his injury. I now. mean, the injury, if anything, shows how important James oh Madison yeah. is. And we lost. Here's I mean, the thing the with James Madison. Madison was. He, you're also gonna. You know, when you get James Madison, he is going to miss X amount of matches. He's never been healthy for a whole Premier League season. That's just a fact. Yeah. Some players, though, you just know that, I and you cast a plan for with it. our short fixture list due to us getting out of the cup right away and then obviously no European football. It, doesn't it would matter. and it does oh, we've hit the injury bug like nothing else. I can't By the way, imagine, it's inevitable. Every team, no matter how many That's something matches I wanted they to have. talk about later is Klopp complaining about the fixture list. And I, mean, I hate the way he presents forever. it and I hate him, but he at this point you look around the league, Newcastle, there are all their injuries. Tottenham, United, the amount of Arsenal. injuries that I mean, it hasn't hit you as bad. We just have a deeper squad than you. It is completely no. It's crushed true. Us. We we don't have a deep enough squad, which was fine. That's originally. Hap- I mean, uh, which was fine originally when you think about it with our fixture list. You didn't need it, but now with the injuries, you always need it. You, you always need it, and I think we'll address that in in January a little bit at least. But sure. yeah, all right, same midfield. I love yeah. that. Um, I all think right. we'll differ here, though. I, I have a feeling you didn't go with the same right winger that I went with. You want Bukayo Saka? I want Bukayo Saka. He's the best player in the Premier League right now. He's been the best player in the Premier League. Oh, I don't agree with that at all, actually. He, I think he, at points in the season, he has, but he also has gone, his 
Nobody tendency draw- to go a little bit invisible. Oh, that's in such some a bad like there's thing. you have to to be the best. You don't have to be at your best every game, but you have to be consistently solid and a threat. And I think how would you consider five goals and six assists in fifteen matches? Would that not be no, considered? no? That's, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I think he's been great. I'm just saying some games he doesn't impose his will, and in a very weak front three. He's almost forced to do that, which is almost unfair pressure on him due to how average. What matches has he not imposed as well? Do you have any uh, that you can rip? Like, I'm just wondering. He first off, his splits away from home and home are pretty telling. I don't have the stats on, but I, I, I will get the tweet, and it will go up on the screen right now of his splits home and away that I recently saw. I don't know exactly what the stats were, but. If the tweet I saw, it was not from a verified source, but I don't think... I, he, I, I don't know that that's true. All right, well, we'll see when it goes up right now, but I think his splits away from home are not as good as at home. And once again, I think it says more about who he's playing with that he doesn't have more... I mean, 11 goal contributions is amazing. I, trust me, I did not... I'm not going away from that. I Just to get it out there, I went Mohamed Salah. I'm sure you did. Mohamed Salah is having a ridiculous season. They're... they're at the time of recording, they're in first. Yes. And Nunez hasn't lit it up. Jota and hasn't lit it up. He has like 11 goals, 7 Diaz assists. Diaz hasn't lit it up. Like, you, you can't not put Salah. And I understand as an Arsenal player, you're going to tell me it's more than the goal contributions. I mean, yeah, which it is, is. Which it is. And But for two teams, well, that their leading player isn't their striker. Bukayo Saka has the most goal contributions on their team. Salah, the same for Liverpool. That gives him the edge for me when the right winger is the guy you go to to get you those goal contributions they're, and win they're the game. Two completely different kind of right wingers. Salah is sure. an inside forward. Bukayo yes. Saka is a true right. No, I winger. understand. I understand, but yeah, like, I went Salah. Salah's receiving the ball in attacking areas that are much more advanced sure. than when Saka is receiving and he's, the ball. And he's he's building up play Saka more. No, no, I get that. I just think Salah his threat and danger. There's like every single game. It's like. I would be shocked if Salah doesn't score. I don't feel the same way about Saka. And that's because of their positioning, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think score is the question, right? I agree. I'm not shocked every game Saka doesn't score. When Saka doesn't have a goal contribution, or at least hasn't had a big chance created, which I think also, like, you, when we put Osiman in the side in, in next summer, and <laughs> Saka has 20 assists next year, you're going you're gonna to... Re- is that what you think is happening? Do I think we're going to get Yeah, I have some intel that we are definitely... Some intel. We are definitely you in pole position. Arsenal sources? I do have Arsenal wow, sources. Wow, look at this guy. I didn't even know that. I don't have Tottenham sources, by the way, so anything I say <laughs> is bullshit. No, I, I, I mean, listen, my Arsenal sources are like... I would say a seven and a half out of ten, and I only get seven and a half out of ten. Like I would, I would say that's how often they're right versus wrong. Like I would take that ten. Like times the big out of wrong 10. one was like I was told in, I was told in May. That both Charlie Patino and Emil Smith Rowe were not going to be in this. We're both going to be sold this summer, and neither were sold. That was a big thing that they got wrong. I mean, why? But I also they sell I knew ESR? Rice was done like two months before it was done, which a lot of people. Well, know. yeah, I wouldn't. A lot of people. No, that's what I'm saying. That. Like yeah. I mostly. I know think Man things. City was only in it to, to shoot up the price. Of course they were. Yeah. If Man City wanted to spend 150 million pounds, they would have spent 150 million. 100. percent They. And they by the way, all to. the people. We'll get into this in a later episode about transfers, but all the people, I, I said this in the summer, all the people who are like, it's an overpay for Rice, it's an overpay for Rice. It's not a salary-capped league. If you need a player you that will make the player. impact 
that Rice will. No Everyone knew he would slot in also, perfectly. Also, my favorite thing is everyone. It doesn't on, matter. Everyone on Twitter is like, "That's too much money." It's not your fucking money. Right? Who cares? <laughs> Who's, what's the if difference? the owner wants to spend <laughs> yeah. the money, I do not. That care. just means that they're going to spend the money again in the future. I yeah. The I, issue is if they spend the money and the. By players, the way, people. Yeah, people. Oh, that, that's too much. You look around the world. The teams who are spending the money are. It's not a. It's not a no, com- complex 100%. science. What's going on? I, if you're a Burnley fan. Yes, it's too much when you right. spend seventeen million on James Trafford on a goalkeeper. Yeah. Yes, that's too much money. All right. Yes. Uh, let's All not right. get off topic. Onto the left striker. Wing. Pos- oh, left wing. No, left wing works for me. Uh, I went Pedro Neto. This was really tough. This first of all, it was really tough because the left wing position sucks ass. Sucks. There's twenty w- right wingers I tried to fit into left there, wing, and I, I did put think, one in left wing. I was Pedro thinking Neto. at the eight was the second di- most difficult position in terms of talent across the league. The left wing by I found far, left back to be challenging actually. For me, it was Udogi ten times out of ten. But yeah, Ake he didn't was even shot. consider. I didn't really, consider. he's been so. Good. I like it's as I said. I was being a hypocrite. His defensive liability is yeah. too much for me to. That's fair. I because well, he doesn't offer yet what Alexander Arnold offers. No, not yet. Okay. Um, you went Pedro Neto. That's such a good shout. I wanted to include bottom half clubs because I feel like that really goes to show how much your knowledge is. But I also wasn't going to force him in. I think what Doku has done in the city team in how good Grealish was last year. It's like, Oh, he finally came into himself for the price. The fact that he came in at the end of the summer, got pretty much no, no preseason with city and comes into the side and is immediately producing in the champions league, which did they need it in that group? They Hold were on, always going to you consider champions league performances when making this. No, 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 no. Okay. I just, I'm just wondering overall. First I was time just, we've done it. So I was yeah. Just overall, I was just thinking about the fact that he came in with no preseason into a Guardiola side where a lot of people, it takes a little bit for them to adapt to the squad and what he did in the premier league as well, completely taking great. By the way, I never thought Grealish was that good. He city was just unreal last year. And it's a product of the style that they play that he was going to play. Well, the way Doku has come in and is able Grealish isn't beating people one-on-one he's more intricate in small spaces maybe Doku going at right well that's the thing that's what City's been missing right like they kind of went from having Sané Sterling Mares, yeah all these guys who are going to get the ball in space and, and they're going to drive at yeah. you whether or not they beat you just having someone who's going to drive yeah. at you changes draw a defense. second defender 100% then you went to City the first half of last year when they were just kind of receiving the ball out wide and there wasn't any attack, like yeah. any threat happening. Doku was such a smart signing. Like another one where I feel like people are like 60 million pounds for, yes, he's got a lot of talent, but he's been injured a lot. It's like, it's, you need this type of player. Yeah, they need Here's it, yeah. the right profile. Spend the money on the profile. And no, like I wanted to put Doku in. I think if his f- final actions had been more decisive so far this year, I yeah. think I would have him in. No, he probably, he gets into positions to where if he puts in a better ball, they probably score more goals. But yeah, he, in a team that needed a spark, because you look at them now, they need multiple sparks. But a team that needed a spark, I thought he provided it for sure right away. And it's something that if you look at, I mean, you have Ake, but I was going through it. City sit at fourth and how good City are. Me not having a City player. Not that it's a requirement to have a City player, but no, I, I thought mean, he was the correct decision. But Pedro Neto is also Well, a like show. Neto, so I was literally sitting there like, all right, I'm not choosing Doku because I don't think he deserves to be in this team yet. And then I was like, I literally don't have a left winger that I want to put in here. Martinelli's been injured and lacking confidence. Um, Luis Diaz, I think, is... Okay, injured and lacking confidence is letting him off extremely Wait, wait no, hold on. Those are two separate thoughts. He was injured. Sure. Since he's been back from injury, he's been lacking confidence. He's he's not being decisive. Lacking confidence, I feel like, is a way of saying for players who 
are supposed to be talented and are not performing, you just tell them that they have a lack of confidence. Or Martinelli's just not that good. Well, I let I, me just get into it. Martinelli is the most overrated. <laughs> such a bad team. And I've shared this with him off camera, but I'm going to share it all ca- on camera. Martinelli is the most overrated Premier League player right now. He, first off, I will not let this go, and I'm looking directly into the camera. The assist was an accident. And don't tell me that it was Brazilian flair. He's done that, it multiple times this year. It's it not was, an accident. It was a mistake. <laughs> and Martinelli is the reason that I thought that Arsenal would regress this season. And it looked like they had, except they're getting all these. Here we go. You're going to call us lucky now? They're not lucky because there aren't. It's just like they aren't getting dominant performances. Whether the performance. Dominant by what means? Whether the performance is dominant, but it doesn't show on the scoreline because the ineptitude of the front three. Ineptitude's a strong word. Not Here's a situation. Here's the situation. Bukayo Saka, world class. After that, Jesus, bang average. Martinelli, bang, bang average. average. He is. I, quick stat at time of recording, Richarlison, who everyone said was the biggest flop in Premier League history, three goals, three, three assists this season. Martinelli has two goals, one assist, and 11 appearances, and Jesus has two goals, two assists. But no one's calling them over. Jesus has got five goals in the Champions League. Three assists. You just told Champions me we're not League. talking about Champions League. I'm just League. saying, like, well, if you're going to talk about against it. The, against the cupcake... Champions League? Sorry, where, where are you guys in the Champions League? That's not, see, that's a deflection. It's not a deflection. Due to the fact that you're, I, hey, it's Gabriel, the Champions League. You do your job. Do you think, do you think Richarlison is better than Gabriel Jesus? Do you think that? Tell me why he, Jesus doesn't start for Brazil. Because, I'll tell you exactly why. Yeah, it's I'm, a matter of It's a matter of profiles. You have to fit an 11 with Everyone the correct Everyone keeps telling profiles. me that Jesus doesn't need to have the goal contributions and is perfect for the Arteta side because of the way they play and it doesn't translate to Brazil. Wait, hold on. If you're good he enough... He does need to have the goal contributions. If the difference between us being first and enough, second are the goal contributions. His two goals and two assists are the difference? No, I'm saying his lack of goal contributions are the difference between us being in second, which we are right oh, now. Yes, I, that's what I'm that saying. That goes without saying. But that's He's in a bad spell of finishing in front of goal, which he has gone through his entire career. It, but exactly. He is, listen. He, no. Just listen for a second. He has class, but his inconsistency will never make him good enough for to be the Arsenal number nine who makes them the title challengers. Challenger, sure. The title champions. I think you are correct in saying that, and that is why we're going to go after a name like OC Men. I, I, there's, I'm not doubt. I, I think some of what you said is completely fair. I think Gabriel Jesus took us from a team that struggled to create, struggled to score goals, struggled to consistently produce in front of goal into last year when we got him, the level was raised immediately. There is no question when he stepped well, his foot into the from? team. Who do we go from up top? I yeah. mean, like Lacazette. Right. But I'm just saying, like, the, the way he can bully defenders, the way he can wriggle around the box, create opportunities, he can score from nothing. That That's something we hadn't had in a striker for... I mean, even Aubameyang at his best was a completely different type of striker. He was all finishing, yeah. right? So having him, his ability to link up, Martinelli was, you know, had 15 goals last year. I, I'm not worried about either of the players. They're both fantastic And I don't want to be the person who you read stats and that's fact. Because right, like in soccer, more than anything... Stats are useless. Goal and assist numbers useless, are pretty much but useless. But there is so much more to it. For the example of the Saka-Sala comparison. Yeah. Differently building up play. But... It comes to a point strictly about the number nine position where 
four goal contributions in what I think it was fifteen appearances in the Premier League. No, he's he's missed way more matches. Thirteen. I would get. I would guess closer to ten. He missed. He's missed at least four weeks, five weeks of action. I'm trying to close this door so it's not so loud. Eleven appearances. Eleven appearances. What eight starts? Uh, I don't have starts down. No, for sure he's came back from injury twice and didn't start in those matches. So he has no more than nine starts. No. And again, so Jesus, Jesus not, has two goals not as one all assist, or nothing as two oh. goals and one assist in eleven appearances, and Martinelli has two goals and two assists in fourteen appearances in the Premier League. Yeah. It's not good enough. It's not good enough, and that's why we're in second and not first. I think we agree. But I I think we disagree on what why the 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 diff, like, just because, like, lacking confidence is not an excuse. You ask anybody in any sport when good players are not playing no, well some of them, because of a lack could be of facts. confidence. Yeah. I think Richarlison was going through the same thing. Richarlison is potentially one of the most overrated players to ever I don't think you can about. say that. Well, first off, I don't think he's rated very highly. So you can't He was, go, when, when Tottenham purchased Richarlison, well, after the World he was Cup, called, like, the signing of the summer. No. If you find me one headline that I will. said he was the... Please. Not right now. I'm I saying will, after... I will send you. I would love to put it up right now, and you can put a fucking clown face over me. I don't think anyone has ever said that about Richarlison as the signing of the summer. But if you saw him play in the World Cup, and you don't think he has something to him, like, you're out of your mind. Do you know what By happened? The way, Do you know what historic Richarlison thing happened this Sunday? What? He scored his first goal with his feet for Tottenham. Two of them. First time. No, he scored with his feet. He hasn't been good enough. Any competition. By the way, it's been been a huge problem. We've tried this. Names like Vincent Janssen. and Big fan. Llorente was the only one who, like, because he didn't have high expectations, like, did all right. We brought in four or five different backup strikers to be Kane's backup, and you don't get the time, and you play behind Kane, and it doesn't give you the confidence, and all of them were absolutely awful. So... I don't put great credence to it. And then he was made to play left wing. This He's clearly not a winger because Son has been better at striker, but we played this past Sunday with him up top, Son, and we absolutely dominated a battered Newcastle team, but battered Newcastle no, for nothing. And so... All right, let's go on Let's to move. Striker. Yes, let's move. Let's move. There's only one answer. You're not going to have Erling Holland. You're going to have Ollie Watkins. I'm not going to have either. I'm going to have Son. Okay. Son... I think Erling Holland is just Holland like objectively. Goals and four if, see, this is where, but it, you need to get away from the stats. He has I, objectively I'm all for that. He has objectively been. He's the fact that he's been pocketed in some games, like absolutely well, no, no impact. Everyone and gets that's pocketed not his job because he doesn't Saliba. need to. Everybody it's been more than Saliba, though. Saliba. It's been more than Saliba. He's gone invisible in Champions League matches and in Premier League matches. He. He's not asked to really get involved in the build-up play, whether that's right or wrong. Well, that's why they brought Alvarez in to fill sure, that number 10 sure. position behind but him. But he, he he just, watching, he has not been nearly as good. He's missed clear chances. But let me ask you this. If you could put any striker into your side right now in the from like the Like, as of right now, on form, I think if you put Son in that City team, he has more goal contributions than Hollywood in the Tottenham team. That's just what, based off of watching. Oh, I think those are probably opposite. those are the probably the two teams that I watch most in the Premier League because I'm a Tottenham fan and it's, hard, it's fun to watch City. It's fun to watch City, yep. and they're always on. They're always the main yeah. slate because it's City. But yeah, I 
I really, um, I really didn't want you to put in Holland, but I'm glad you did because we get to talk about it now. I watching, I've watched almost every single city game. He's not the same Holland that he was last year, and the stats showing that he potentially is is a lie. And by the way, I as a Harry Kane stan, I hated the argument of like he has this many goals minus pens, like. First off, taking pens and scoring them consistently. Pens are it's part of the game. And if you have someone 100%. who scores them every single time, I'm all for it's a penalty huge goals plus. counting. I, it counts. You can't have the you can't say But Tottenham got their first penalty last game. Son scores from ten open play speaks, goals and aren't really that speaks a lot to your style. No, it speaks a lot to the fact that we've no. gotten robbed of a few penalty decisions. Uh, well, aside from we're not gonna get into that <laughs> no, because let's that's not I think like, I think there's been a lot of complaining about Arsenal and how many penalties they've been given this year. If you control field tilt the way that Arsenal or Man City do, you are going to get more penalties because you're going to have more touches in the box. Sure, there's a sure, higher sure, percentage sure. chance fine. of getting That's tackled fine. in the box. Spurs score a lot from odd man situations, crosses. Quick transition. One time, yeah. yeah, transition. And if you look, it's like the same as Aston Villa. Like, those types of teams are going to have fewer penalties no. because... But there are a few decisions that we obviously don't need to get into that we could have more than one penalty this season. Sure. And the one we got was fairly soft, but I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, yeah. I, I just confident. think like if Erling Holland's going to score 38 goals this year, he's the best striker in the premier league. I, and I agree goals and assists are not everything for a striker, but he's the only one who's going to score 35 plus goals in back-to-back seasons in premier league history. That speaks for itself. I think if it was that easy, I think a lot of city struggles stem from, well, you saw it last year. The first well. half of the year, they were had to adjust to so playing with a striker yes. who wasn't a Gabriel Jesus, Correct. who wasn't coming back, playing as a false nine. They had yeah. to completely change their style. Also, you got to remember, they're now been without De Bruyne for a long time. Yeah. When you have De Bruyne and Holland, oh, it's I mean, another story. Well, uh, yes, we'll get because our Premier League predictions are coming later in the video, and we'll get to the impact that De Bruyne is going to make when he gets back. But of course, I think this, as a Tottenham fan. This stems back to the argument of when Kane was potentially going to go to City. And then that the, would have been unbelievable. The after fact of talking about how, who would have been better in that side, Kane and Holland. And people were like, oh, Kane dropping back and picking the ball up would have been bad for the. You, Harry Kane, would have scored 100 goals in a single season on this City side. Harry Kane is. He would have scored the same amount of goals Holland scored. More. Way more. He is way better of a player. Way, way better of a player, player, but I don't think he. I don't think. <laughs> I La- maybe not last year. Maybe not. More last goals year, Holland, Holland was extremely scored. clinical. This year, I don't see. But the he same also thing. had the most big chances missed in the Premier League last season. And I think he's been. I didn't even know he's that. Got I think he's been. Wor- he's got the most this year. But if yeah. you look at the stats every year, who the top five leagues, the biggest chances missed. It's always going to be someone. It's going to be Holland, side. Ronaldo, yeah. Messi, yeah. Mbappe. Yeah, of course. Every year, but, and that's part of them. That's part of being the best. Yeah, part of being the best. No, I agree. But yes. We don't have to get into like Steph Curry has the most missed threes every year because he takes the most and he makes the most. Kane, he's doing it at Bayern and he would have done it at a at a higher rate at City. Is is just what I think. But that is all right. Those are our teams. Did you have any like honorable mentions? I didn't make it in that we didn't get to because I had a couple. I had I I gave them to you. I gave you Rodri. Yeah, and I think if we didn't if we needed a certain set of games to be played, I would have. Put in Odegaard over Madison due to yeah. Well, I said Trippier already. And I said Ollie Watkins. I think Ollie Watkins has been oh, he's been great, fantastic. My last one was, and he's honestly a player I think is finally kind of getting talked about, and not always necessarily in the nicest light. But Brian Embuemo for Brentford, mm. like the way he's coming. People thought he was just an 
a secondary to, to yeah, Tony like he and, well, he was playing as a secondary striker, kind of behind Tony, and the two of them had this thing in transition that oh was God, in, unbelievable. In but he's been so good for them this year. He's leading them in goals and assists. I wanted to try and sneak him in at left wing, and I was literally looking at heat maps from all of his <laughs> matches to see if there was a single match where he played you. off the left, and he did not. Yeah, Pedro Neto had two. That's why I was able to sneak him in. Yeah, um, but and Boimo is awesome, and and I mean he's a player that surprise like teams aren't going for him because. I don't know what he's twenty four, and you, I mean I don't know. I think if we people want, aren't going for him because people don't think he's twenty four. Well, yeah, he looks older. Literally, yeah. I like, didn't know he's twenty four, and it shocked me when you said that. Well, because but people, what I think this is, is common with soccer players who have left Africa and gone and played, and this is just actually a fact that like they are specifically changing the birth certificates because it makes them more valuable to be sold at a, at a, you know, to move to a yeah, and it's happened prior. So I think teams are worried that, you know, to spend 80 million on a guy who may be 28, not 24. Right. I mean, son got an entire year younger due to South Korean yeah. laws. So Huge. That was great. Huge. That was great. Um, but I, what I think is, I think, and we'll get into this in our, our transfer episode in a couple of weeks, but I think Brentford is going to make a decision of they're not at a point to compete with the top six. I mean, Chelsea, obviously, and United, where they're at right now. But just in general, the top six plus Villa plus Newcastle, I don't think they think they're at a point to compete with that. So I think they'll make a decision to cash in on Tony and keep Mbwemo and try and build, like, a Brighton situation where you cash in on when you get those guys I mean, and that then is, try and build the... That is what they should be. I mean, if you look at, like, Southampton did that for such a long time. It's yeah. such an exceedingly oh, yeah. good oh, rate. They were brilliant at it. The, the, those Twitter graphics of the Southampton like 11 the when it was, when was, it was like really Schneiderlin, at their peak and, and Mane. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. All right. Predictions for who's going to win. So, on to our predictions. You want me to give you the whole top four? Let, let's go descending order from four down. So, four so Actually, let's four just... Up. Like who's going to come in fourth? Yes. Okay. Yes. So in fourth place, hold up. Let's redo this because I have it. All right. In fourth place, I've got Tottenham, and I think that's totally fair. I think that's a incredibly successful first season for Ange. Fourth place would be an incredibly successful first season for Ange. I think it's going to be really hard for them to get fourth place, but I'm going to give them the shot to go in fourth place, and I'm going to tell you why. Why right now? I think a lot of what Ange's philosophies are are fantastic, and I think a lot of it is stupid. You are not going to win the Premier League by simply saying, I'm going to just play attacking football, whether we have nine men or 11 men, whether we're playing Man City or Sheffield United. You're not going to win like that. But you will win enough points against the lower-sided teams if you can win all of those points and you know scrape a 3-3 against City because Tottenham seemingly have City's <laughs> number. You're going to get fourth place, and I think if Tottenham can just stay healthy enough, bring in one or two reinforcements, as you said, we'll talk about in our transfer win, uh, window episode, but one or two defensive reinforcements or a midfielder, and they can get through the AFCON time, which will be a little bit tough for them, I, I like them to come in fourth. In fourth place, it's funny, I have Arsenal. That's wild. So Arsenal is in second right now at the time of recording. You and can genuinely look me in the eye and you think there are three teams I don't teams even that think this is a stretch. I think it's based a crazy off stretch. of the. If we finish below third, by the way, all the field tilt and Arteta says every single game you guys played better, and whether you want to believe that's true or not, it probably is. Just based off of all the stats that will tell you it is. If you do not sign someone for that front three, being a number nine in January, which we won't, which you won't, you will not score because. 
My whole thing, and I've said this exact quote probably 10 plus times about Arsenal, I think they caught lightning in a bottle with their attacking last season. You, with all, like how good Martinelli was. Like, I think that was a little bit of just like vibes, genuinely just vibes and the dressing room and how good they played. And how can you think Arsenal caught lightning? You're going to put Tottenham above them. Obviously, that's where this is going. We caught lightning in a bottle. You caught lightning. You caught literal, not even lightning. It was eight matches. You played eight good matches. But I don't. We were it, we were in first for two hundred and sixty days. Okay. That's not lightning it's, in a bottle. That's an extended period of time backed by nearly every statistic that there is that you can find on the sport. We are the leaders in field tilt. We are the leaders in ex. Field Expe- tilt expected goals against field. T- field we have tilt, given up the fewest field goals. Field tilt doesn't win you matches. Putting the it ball, does win you matches. Putting it's the exactly ball, the opposite. Field putting tilt, the ball in the back of the net is what wins you matches. And field Arsenal tilt guarantees has, a certain amount of goals. Once Nkuku is healthy, they have. I would take Tottenham's front three over Arsenal's. I would take Chelsea's. who's the third in Tottenham's front three that you're taking over Arsenal's. I'm just wondering. Kulisevsky. Kulisevsky's son and Brendan Johnson? Brendan Johnson, probably. You're taking those three over yes, Saka? I would take City's front three. Who's better, Son or Saka? I would take Liverpool's front three. I would take... Who's better, Son or Saka? Who? Son or Saka? Son is. That's wild. Right now. It's not. What is what is Son better at than Saka other than finishing? Name one specific category that he is better in than Saka other than finishing. He is his movement in the box. They're different players. Saka doesn't have to move in the box. Like I also, I mean, movement okay, specifically, goes, I disagree. Okay. In the box. I but mean, but to that point, Son is our number nine right now. So finishing is the most important. And in a, once again, a front three that struggles to score goals, having better finishers would be extremely important For to sure. this team. We are going to sign Odegaard a huge number nine in the summer. There's no doubt about right. that. Right. And I don't, I think... If there's any year to go and win the Premier League, it's this year, and not signing a nine in the January transfer window is a massive botch because City didn't do insane business. Like, you think about it, and they probably did the how much Vardial cost. and They Doku brought in and, Vardial, Doku, no, Nunez, and Kovacic. I think but they did them, pretty insane fucking business. But for them, business. is it like that insane? They will bring in more reinforcements next season. Do you agree? Of course they will. Right. Holland might leave. Liverpool didn't get their six, which I think they'll address in January. Well, they got Bacetic or whatever pronounce his name, that young yeah. kid who's nasty. Yes. I mean, Liverpool brought in three new midfielders. These I just teams think, all made plenty okay, of Okay, you have Tottenham at four. I have Arsenal at four because I don't think they will score enough goals that takes you as well as in a, like, Trossard is arguably your best attacker outside of soccer. He's our best finisher. He's not our best attacker. Right. I think Those he are not should. the same thing. No, they're not. But it, once again, in a team that doesn't have a finisher, I would play Trossard. Would you, you need? Would someone? you place hundred dollars on who will finish higher, Tottenham or Arsenal? If you're saying, I assume Tottenham's higher on your list. If James, if I had the a more concise window on when James Madison what is coming back, I would shake. Let's revisit that exact thing in. Let's say two weeks to How a about month. Nothing to do with Tottenham. I will bet you hundred dollars that Arsenal finish in the top three. Well, I it's contingent on Tottenham. As soon as we get, so you don't you don't think so as soon you're as we confident the, Tottenham is finishing above Newcastle, Manchester United. Yeah. Oh, I mean Manchester United. Don't get only me started. three points ahead of Manchester United. No, I understand, but I'm just saying that's also Manchester United. People want to complain about the injury bug, and yes, it's happened more to them defensively, and that's but like. I've said from the start, their midfield and their attack is not good enough. I also said Hoyland would not hit the ground running. He's very young. He came from the Serie A. He was not especially 100%. surrounded by that front three. Outside of Bruno, who's really, like, 
He's yeah, not he's great not in the build-up play. Access, no he access needs, to the central area. He needs service. Yeah. And in our, talk about losing confidence. Marcus Rashford, the way he's playing right but now. He's, you're allowed to say he's lost confidence. Just so we're clear, it only applies to Arsenal Rashford players. has done it in a longer sample size to show you what because he's... Because he's older? Sure. Okay. But he has more of a sample size that shows you Martinelli hasn't consistently been doing it for long enough to say we can point to A, B, and C. Martinelli was in exceedingly consistent up until the ten, about eight of the matches this year. So I have Arsenal at four. Okay. At and three. we will revisit that bet. Okay. Once I get a clearer, because people are saying between two to four months, that's a big difference. If we don't have for Madison sure. for an extra two months, yes, we will not finish in that, in that spot. All right. Three, I've got Liverpool. I think until they, oh, okay. they've gotten, see, I think that this is, people are going to say I'm being hypocrite. But Liverpool actually have gotten a little bit lucky. They have... you. No, no. I wasn't going to stop you because you're allowed to be a hypocrite like you were with Trent and Udogi, but with this, nobody has gotten luckier with the results than than Arsenal. I don't consider results backed by statistic, even if the goals come late, to be lucky. Do you count NFL victories that end on a field goal by the better team a lucky win? I mean, you got to watch the whole sample size of the game, which to your which is to your point. But it is harder. Winning, yes, and and nothing. I just think eventually it'll run out for Arsenal. There hasn't been a match that we have won in which we have not dominated field till by over sixty five percent. We are the best next. Don't you think some teams are taking the strategy and it has our goalkeeping has been some of the worst in the league. Oh, it's awful. But don't you think some people are taking the kind of strategy where it's like force these attackers to make something out of Everyone nothing. Everyone sits in a really, low block. Yeah, that's that's why you win field tilt. And it's partly how did to Man your City tactics. win the last four tri- uh, right, titles? Their quality in their team is but their quality so in front of goal better. before Holland was not much different. It wasn't. But Odegaard isn't De Bruyne. That's the difference. Because De Bruyne will put it in a position to where if you're, you're a professional, Odegaard's not De Bruyne, but he's not playing the same role. Sure, but I'm saying. In the sense of you're saying the attackers who aren't deadly, he put it in a position to where if you're a professional footballer, you can't miss it. Here's here's my belief. I think everyone likes to say Arsenal being lucky, they'll revert to the mean. But how about the fact about all the statistics when we're on this side of it, those aren't going to revert to the mean. Only the ones that we're being lucky and are going to revert to the mean. The fact that our finishing is no, well below on our XG, we're not we're not converting at a high enough that's rate. That's XG across chances versus all players. I think you have below average players. So I think if you look at actually the Arsenal XG with those players, it would be more accurate because I don't expect them to finish those goals. Well, it's not about, it's not a subjective thing. It's a statistic. No, at a certain I understand. Point, at a certain but I'm action, saying it's an this XG is the versus goal. like some average AI player is yeah. what the expected goal. That position, that shot, and that type of the game, with, that is I mean, what it is. I mean, if you see some but of the misses there to that open shot. nets from eight yards out. Finishing I, I is believe finishing. We'll, but I believe we'll revert to the mean in both ways. Anyway, I have Liverpool third. I think Allison's bailed them out quite a bit. I think they've scored a lot of late goals. And I think their lack of... I mean, their one midfielder going down away from being in big trouble. That's fair. All right, at number three, I put Tottenham. I think, one, the best thing... So, as I've touched on, depending on Madison's availability, originally... It was a two-month thing. He'll be back around late January, early Feb. Now it could be four months. That's a big decider, but I'm going to choose to think optimism okay. because if I'm not, I'll just get sad. Understood. Um, and I think due to AFCON, 
we lose Sar and Basuma, which is our heart of our midfield, we'll be forced to sign a center midfielder, which I think will be big for us. I do too. So I think we'll bring in a center midfielder. I think Calvin Phillips will end up going to Newcastle, but we're being talked about in the Calvin Phillips race because I think he's a lock to leave based off of Pep's last comments on him. 100%. But I think we'll be forced to sign a center midfielder. And then for the time being, Kulisevsky has been great inside. And then you could play Son, Brennan, and Richie as the front three. And then Lo Celso is a quality player. He starts for Argentina. He's a World Cup winner. And then you bring in someone to take the Basuma role while he's at AFCON, whoever that ends up being. I think we'll be forced to do that. And then once Van de Ven comes back, I, that's who I should have given an honorable mention to. I, I almost he, had, I was going to give him an honorable mention, but if he didn't get injured also, I know he played the same amount of matches as Madison and he got in, but... I didn't think putting him in over Saliba was fair just yet because yeah. you need to see that whole sample size from a young player who he hasn't been in the Prem yet. played mostly like the bottom four teams, yeah. like in the matches he played. Sure, just, sure, like, sure. There sure. just isn't a big enough But just based size. off of what you no, saw, he's been great. he could be. So, uh, I think he's been great. So I think when Van de Ven comes back, we had one of the best defenses when we had that four of Poro, Odogi, Romero, and Van de Ven. So that's why I think over the entire slate of the season, and I think I actually think Arsenal has the potential to make some sort of run because of how deep your squad is in so many different things and once again we could go out in the fa cup also and then only have the prem i think due to liverpool will have a similar situation with the europa league and the amount of matches as arsenal and i think that's where we have a small advantage is we will have one game a week for the rest of the season and if we get healthy there's no reason in my head that it won't look as it did at the start of the season i think we're holding on close enough to the top four, to that third position until we get our reinforcements. All right. I, I mean, I think for, I think they'll come in fourth. We're not far off. Here. No, I, not I think at all. you're looking at the most optimistic lens. Sure. I'm looking at a little bit more realistic sure. lens. Um, second, I've got City. And you've, oh, wow. You have Arsenal winning it all. I have Arsenal winning the title, yep. Okay. I have Liverpool in second. So to your point, I think Klopp hates January transfers, but... Due to his comments, I think he's almost behind the scenes. One, that, that's how he feels. But two, putting a little bit of pressure on that we need to bring reinforcements in January. They obviously were in for Lavia and um, Caicedo. Caicedo yeah. Didn't, I think they'll sign a six, which yeah, they I, absolutely I, need to. transfer window when I got him. They have to sign a six. six, and I think they actually will, which allows McAllister to play in the eight. I've said from the start, he's not the six. He's Got not exposed the six. at they've, the they've six figured that multiple out, times. Have played Endo's solid, but if you want to win the title, like a Rodri or a Rice, you need the elite level six, as you can see, is a huge difference. Of course. Basuma was unreal at the six for us. And so I think they'll bring in a six, and then I think they'll bring in center back depth because they're one yeah, Van they Dyke injury away. They lost Mati yeah. for the season. And they're one Van Dyke injury away from finishing maybe 10th in the table. It could get that bad. So I actually think they'll bring in reinforcements. And if they don't at the six, I will have to go back because then I think everyone slides sure. up. But I think, I think them in second with the depth they have in the attack. I'm a, I think Nunez is starting to play better. Obviously, Salah. I'm a fan of Jota. I'm a fan of Luis Diaz. I think they will score enough goals. And if they bring in a six, we'll get that structure to where they won't concede. And obviously, they have the best goalkeeper in, in the Premier League. Yeah. No, I mean, I think... I think the fact that they're playing Europa League versus Champions League makes it a lot harder in the run-in. If you're playing on Thursday nights, Thursday, Sunday, I listen, I watched but until six they, years straight of Europa yeah, League. Yeah, me too. 
Um, they it's it's tough. They aren't playing their main guys though. Granted, they they For eventually oh, yes. they, eventually, eventually you get will. to a certain point eventually where you have to yes. if you want to win. The, yep. And I mean, Klopp's not going to not go for 100%. it. Hundred percent. I think the injuries will start to mount up. I I just think it's hard to go on a title push in the Europa League. I think it's much much harder than the Champions League. I, I just do. I mean, balancing quality and timing of games. Yes, but like if you're playing Tuesday, when that extra twenty four hours and not playing it's every huge. Thursday it's Sunday, huge. and then when you play every Thursday but Sunday, you end up playing a lot Fiorent- of Sunday night football. Playing Fiorentina versus Real Madrid. I mean, is in also a way a day difference. in Europe is in a way day in yeah. Europe. That's for sure. Um, all right, and so then you first have I've got Arsenal. Arsenal. Can you? You think you will regress to the mean in the fact that, that those front three will be scoring the amount of goals that it will take I to win the Martinelli title? I think Martinelli will get back to where he was. I'm not I'm not worried about him long-term. I think right now he's in a rut. But this has happened, actually, people forget, last year. And then he went on a run. I think it was like seven goals in nine matches with three assists. He will get back to his best. People are forgetting, like, Jurian Timber was one of the main people we added this summer. I, I had him in my top ten summer signings. I mean, he would have been the signing of the summer. We would be absolutely flying at a different level right now. If he, he When's is, he coming back? I mean, he, they say he's back running already, which is crazy from an ACL. I mean, I think a realistic timeline is he is playing a full 90 minutes at some point in March. So that's still two months so, away. Yeah. How, I mean, two months of, after January. Yeah, how much of a... Okay, hold on. How much of an impact I think if is he is comes back, I think in. Thomas Partey comes back. I think Havertz is finally at his best. I think Odegaard is getting back to his best right now. Saka is finally healthy. I mean, he was not healthy for the first two months of the year. Jesus, if he stays healthy, like, I think people are, we're so much deeper than we were. Like, we saw Smith, Smith Rowe's not back yet. Like, Smith Rowe's coming back. There's a lot of, there are a lot of people coming back who can score Smith goals. I don't know if Smith moves the needle. Depth-wise, but sure. You, you but talk but about scoring goals. That guy outscores his XG like a son or a Harry King. Not yeah. at that level, but he's that kind of finisher. Yeah. That's the kind of thing Arsenal's missing. Like, Trossard so is that is kind Trossard, of finisher. But you don't play him. Yeah, I mean, I think... Arteta's tried to figure out what to do with Trossard. He's tried to play him as a left eight a few times. He's just not good enough in midfield. Like, everyone wants to call him... Uh, you're not on Arsenal Twitter, but... Everyone on Arsenal Twitter wants to call him Santi Gazorla because he's five foot six and right. he's nifty with his feet. Yeah. Santi Gazorla was one of the best duel winners no, great. that the Premier League saw. That guy would win a duel and he'd be up the pitch in a second. Trossard isn't that type of player. He's an attacker. He's always been an attacker. Um, yeah, I think I think Arsenal... I think the league is in a place where with Arsenal's spine, with the way Saliba and Rice and Saka as that spine play, if the goalkeeping can regress to the mean... I mean, our goalkeepers can't keep fucking shit out and like, I don't think they're great. But they're not that bad. Uh, I think, yeah, I think Arsenal win the title with like 92 points. Yeah, I I can't see Arsenal winning the league just because I don't trust. Yeah, I mean, your vision of our attacking three is the most pessimistic vision. And it's, you, you have reason, which is fine. But I think it's way overly dramatic. I think you're looking at it in a very small lens versus looking at the players and the profiles themselves and the things that they've done together. Instead of, like, you're taking the good things as lightning in a bottle and the bad things as the overall instead of kind of weighing them evenly, which I think is preventing you from seeing the vision. But also, I wouldn't see the same with Tottenham, so I can't. If the vision ends up being there, I will open my eyes and allow it to come in. As of right now, I'm not seeing it. Okay. And for that reason, I have City in first. I think it'll be tight between Liverpool and City. I think it'll be tight between all three, by the way. I think yeah. I think it's something like 92, 90, 88. Yeah, so I point. have City because Kevin De Bruyne is the best player in the Premier League when healthy. And he has been, I think, outside of Harry Kane. I think he's even better than Kane for the past, what, four or five years. 
And when he comes back, people don't understand how much of a difference. I mean, I think people actually do understand. And if City can just keep it together until he gets back, that'll be huge. Um, John Stones getting back consistently into that role will be big for them because they've been leaking goals. We haven't even talked about the Holland injury. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's serious, but I don't. I if that guy's out for three months, they're in big trouble. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think the one the having, I think they will sign. I think I think they have business to do because I think getting rid of Mares, they haven't really gotten a replacement there. I think they should look at some sort of right winger, potentially Olise. I know they were interested in. in I can't say healthy either, over though. the summer. Yeah, but if he. Someone who can take on, but also be extremely creative, like Amara's type, I think will be huge for them. But I think the biggest miss is Gundogan. I mean, they yeah. are missing him to an insane degree. Even when De Bruyne comes back, I think that will be enough to lift them up because I don't think Liverpool or Arsenal... I think if Arsenal had a number nine, a true number nine, that would be the difference. But I don't think Arsenal or Liverpool have done the business to take them to that next level to where if... City get De Bruyne back and he's fit for the for the rest of the half of the season for most of it at least. I think that'll be enough to take them over. hundred percent. I mean, I think all three Arsenal, City, and Liverpool like we're talking fractional margins here. A lot based off of injury availability, competitions that you're still in. I think I think the the, the needle is swaying here between they're going to all finish within eight points of each other in my yeah. opinion. So yeah, that's fair. And yeah, the last thing is I think naturally when you win so much not that you get bored but like for these other teams who haven't won in a while like there is well that's a, there's that's a tad with bit arsenal of, arsenal are gonna like there's a tad bit of hunger there with other teams and then when man city get they they easily got into the the knockouts of the champions league and they'll and they'll turn it on not that it wasn't on in the champions league and then in the premier league they're like oh it's time to turn it on we have de bruyne they're back. gonna like, win 13 in a row they might they might they just Flick a switch where it's like we were a little bored. Grealish is still drunk. The from entirety the of last year, we had that that lead in the title race. I told all of everyone who was not an Arsenal fan, who was an Arsenal fan, we are not going to win the title. Yeah. City are going to go on a run. We're not going to be it's able just to withstand. Inevitable. It is and inevitable. If they bring the in only or- difference in this this year to me is this exact team has gone through this. Right. They know what and, the title and chase. knock on wood. Hopefully, Saliba stays healthy this time. That's if Saliba stays healthy last year. We yeah, won. that's a big if. But like you obviously see the breakdown happened. It, it was correlated. Obviously. I mean, it was it was yeah. more than it was the reason. Yes. I mean, Rob Holding has not played a minute for Crystal Palace. Yeah, he no, was no, starting no, I'm, every day. I'm with you. There's a, a good chance they win, but title chase. city is city, and of course, I think they will just be like, all right, let's just go win another one. Yeah, let's just do uh, probably. It. I mean, I think. That's and I if if they sign if you guys signed an Osiman or an Ivan Tony or someone at the number nine, I would probably have you winning the title. But I don't think you find enough goals over the rest of the season that take you over the likes of a city. We shall see. All right, combined eleven now for the Arsenal Liverpool match. This is an absolutely massive match in the title race. I mean, Liverpool a point ahead. Um, Allison and goal. I think that's an obvious one. Obvious one. I don't There's, think we need to talk much no. about that. Trent at right back. Trent at right back. Yes. Saliba and Van Dyke center back pairing. Easy. This is actually now where I've. So my here's my thing with combined elevens. Are you looking for the best player in that position, or are you looking to make the dynamics of the team work? Because I'd like to take I Zinchenko. Think, I think he's a better left back in the modern Premier League. 
Like I liked. I just think I like to have my left back inverted. Us, yeah, us right. trying to say like we're some tactical geniuses right. that like we know you can't how play Zinchenko and Trent fit, together. That doesn't. This work. would fit better. Like I would stick to the better player. I think it's Robertson. Yeah, Robertson. If Tomiyasu was fit, I would take Tomiyasu. But Robertson, he's not as good as he obviously used, used to, to be, be in those in those Liverpool title winning squads. That one title they won, yeah. Well, champion, you know, um, the way that those wingbacks were playing. I just together. think that that team is spoken about like it's the greatest Premier League team ever. They won one title. No, I know, but I mean, winning a Champions League, you know, it's not for great for the Champions League history. Great. Uh, yeah, I'm going Robertson. I don't think now if Timber was fit. Then it's a whole different discussion. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I truly can't tell you how much I cannot wait for Jurian Timber to be back. I just hope, I mean, ACLs have, modern medicine is a great thing, but ACLs have been have been a problem for, certainly for, for have. people coming. But he's, he's young and fingers crossed, even as an Arsenal player, I hope he comes back healthy. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, midfield. Rice? Rice. I mean, the Liverpool's biggest issue is, is, is the, six. the six. That's a no-brainer. All right, my other two, I've got Odegaard and Sobazlai. Yeah, same. Yeah, I thought because we I think same. between the two, they're both capable. You might be a little leaky. Honestly, but like Rice, Odegaard has played up, a lot deeper this year, and I think Sobazlai can also play a little deeper if you really wanted him to. So I think they would actually, as I was just saying, we're not qualified to give yeah, tactical but we will position, anyway. yeah, yes. tactical positioning but i think they actually could work if you needed I, I them to too. and they play such different play styles that i think they would actually be relatively dynamic together i like, think that would be, be a pretty good i mean I, to me sobas is like exactly what arteta wants in havertz long term where it's like yeah. deadly finishing action able to cover a good amount of space pretty athletic um, rather big frame for a midfielder. And he'll also run at you. Yeah. He will take I you I mean, on. if you've watched Havertz the last few matches, he has started to run at people, and it's made a huge difference. I mean, when you have a guy that size running at you, it's it's a different If story. Havertz ends up putting it all together, which we know is there, but at this point you start to question it, then I mean, it he's been great become, the last month. I think Arsenal fans lowered the bar a lot so that once he started playing well, I, I you could call him great. Shit. Havertz has not been great. The last five matches, he's been great. Okay, he's been great. I was, I was. You're, you're more. I was a harsh critic of his for the for the first few matches. I think there's this general feeling every time that Arsenal lose a match that everyone's shit. That's just the immediate reaction amongst everybody. But I just think not, Havertz is shit. I understand, but like. We're in second fucking place, right? 100%. All the players you said are shit are shit. How could we be in second place if everyone you said is overrated and not great? Oh, it's just... It's just It's just our starting Havertz, left winger. It's just Havertz, Jesus, striker. and Martinelli. So three of our 11 are shit. No, no, no. Not shit. But I said Martinelli's extremely average. overrated. They're below average. No, he's average. average. He's just you talked about You called Martinelli and Jesus below average. That's what you called them. I think I said bang average. Bang Did I not average. say bang average? So the team that's in second and was in first until this weekend has three players I who are I think that says so much about... Odegaard, Declan Rice, and your defense. Okay, I, that's, I just that's I, think I think it's interesting. I, I, I think, think you guys would be clearly in. You first talk about if you had the any bar. sort of clinical finisher in the side. Okay, um, all right, front three. I went Saka on the right. I went Salah through the middle, and I went Nunez mm-hmm. off the left. So you cheated it to get an Arsenal player in there. I didn't cheat it. I think. Well, Salah plays right wing. No matter what, he is a he's right an inside winger. forward. You cannot call Saka him a and Salah could play. First of all, Salah's played a lot of striker in his time at Liverpool. He did. He, he he has. Yes. 
he can very well play that position. And I he think can. the dynamic of, he can, but the I pick, think the dynamic of Saka Sala Nunez would be fucking fascinating. Sure. You make some special little combination, but the pick is and we cheated a little in the midfield, but the pick is Sala or, or Saka. Or Saka in Saka, a combined eleven. Then it's Saka. Okay. So we're obviously going to disagree there. I think I think the comments will will back me up in the sense to where I think Saka is great, and you're splitting hairs with the two best right wingers in the Prem. But you're splitting hairs. You have to make a decision. The two best right wingers in the world. I think unbiasedly. I mean, not that I have a bias because it's two teams that I don't care for. But I think people who aren't Arsenal or Liverpool fans, I would say a eighty-five to ninety percent of them would probably ninety to ninety-five percent would say Salah. Sound off in the comments. I think he's off by like forty percent. I bet you we get fifty fifty percent in the comments. Saka or Salah. I think it's a lot closer than you think it is amongst the world's population. Saka, there's a difference when a player finally gets to play in the Champions League. I think the world starts to see him differently. They get to watch him more often. And just from what I've seen on my timeline this year, like the Arsenal timeline, just general soccer timeline, which is a little bit Arsenal <laughs> bias, but it was always Arsenal bias. It's the same timeline I've always looked at. It always used to be the benchmark is when can Saka reach Salah's heights. Now it is. Saka and Salah are on a level level as, playing field. As a Tottenham fan, I am a massive Saka fan. Like I and I appreciate. I have I a friend who show says Kulu is better. Which no, is that's insane. Crazy I shot. will not shy away from how good Saka is. I just don't think you can put him over Salah. I yet. think I think Saka has not fully unlocked the finisher gene yet. He has certainly gotten better as a finisher in the last eighteen months. Like. I mean, if you watch his early catalog of goals, it was mostly him getting into the best positions, him creating a lot of his own chances in the box with tidy footwork, whatever it was. Over the last 12 months, he has started to score more of those Sala type goals, we'll call them, with curling finishes. Yeah. or the Like, once he unlocks that finisher gene to the next level, then he has surpassed Sala because he's better than Sala at some other elements. And they, they also, again, we've talked, like, Sala's an inside forward. Saka's a right winger. It's a little bit of a different in goal scoring. Um, but, okay. Yeah. I, I think Salah, and one thing I really want to see on a more consistent basis, because Saka obviously plays with Kane in the England side, but I would be really excited to watch a Sal, uh, Saka with an elite number nine and see kind of how that works, because I think it would open I mean, up a lot of space. for a little bit when he was, it was, he was obviously much younger, Saka, but Aubameyang's... Not his last six months. The six months before he signed the deal when sure, Saka, Saka moved wasn't, to right wing. Saka wasn't but that's the player he, that he is. But if you watch a lot of his goal contributions came from the same types of deliveries he makes now, but Aubameyang was just the best finisher yeah. in the league that year. And I, I agree. I mean, that's like why Arsenal are going to spend the amount of money they're going to spend this summer on a number nine. Sources. Uh, Elite sources. All right, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm not allowed to use the front three that I said. So then we have to go striker next? Striker for striker. All right, I mean, Darwin Nunez. I... Okay. By the way, I have been pro Darwin Nunez from the very beginning. Even when he, again, it comes back to our conversation about big chances missed. I want a striker who is having the most big chances missed. They're in the best places. They're the smartest in the great. box. That means they're dragging defenders out of position. Darwin Nunez opens up everything for put, his attackers. I put Nunez at striker. He's fantastic. As well, I think. But by the way, he's got four goals and five assists in yeah. the Prem this year. He's having Which a good season. Which is slept on. Yes. Yeah. Everyone, because he has the big chances missed, and those are the clips you see on and Twitter. And he's kind of just like a such a memeable and the price guy. Ta- and the price tag. Well, of course. Yeah. And Jesus. There, so Jesus, I actually think is a... There's Martinelli, don't think he's that quality of a player and hasn't had the goal involvements. I actually think Jesus is a quality player and doesn't have the goal involvements. And eventually, if this continues, you just need to 
ask questions and move on. So Jesus said nothing against him. I think Darwin's a good player. He's obviously nine goal contributions. So yeah, I went Darwin, not because I don't think Jesus is a good player though. I just, where'd you go at left wing? I went Luis Diaz. He hasn't played as consistently as I would like to include him because you're looking at a smaller sample size, but I've made my thoughts clear about Martinelli on this on only episode one, at least six or seven times, which I'm sure God, will come I can't up. wait until episode 20 when you're saying yeah. Martinelli's which, the best left winger in the world. By the way, I am not a hater. I am a stubborn person sometimes, but on certain takes where I know that I am in the minority, I will lessen, I will ease up sooner and I will focus on it and try and be wrong because I know that people think I'm wrong. So if I'm wrong, I'll admit it. I will be more than happy to I, admit it. And I, we're going to get... We all got those, those cameras. He's going to admit it potentially right after Gabriel Martinelli continues his hot form against Liverpool. I didn't have him in here originally because I cheated and did Sacasal and Nunez, but I've not been telling that you put Nunez over Martinelli. Well, I, I, I think you think that dynamic of the, I think that dynamic would be fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, this, this, guy, this guy is going to be the U.S. men's national team manager within the next four years with his dynamic. That dynamic would be fantastic. Yeah. No, I, I uh, I'm going to put Martinelli strictly based off the fact that he scored home and away against Liverpool last year. I think he had four goal, goal contributions across the two matches. This is where he has to get right. I'm not, I don't think Luis Diaz has quite hit form this year the way he had in prior years. I think he's still not fully healthy. I mean, his dad just got kidnapped. Uh, so and let's give him uh, some hey, time. <laughs> I, you know, goes without saying. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw Martinelli in there. I think he's got to get, I mean, the clock's ticking and he's kind of, mentality is a major part of young Huge. footballers. Uh, and he has a fantastic mentality. So I, I think he'll get yeah. back to his best this week. All right. So we agreed pretty much the entire way. Let us know what you guys have as your front three. I think that's obviously the biggest debate for point sure. for this for this combined 11. Somebody's going to have Eddie and Kedia in there in the comments. I, I, I Please don't. <laughs> I'll block that comment if someone puts them in. I would do. Um, all right. Well, is that one episode? That's episode one. Crazy. Episode one of Yanks Abroad. Let us know what you guys want us to talk about going forward. We have some exciting episodes coming up. Early preview of the Euros and our transfer market special as soon as the January window opens. Like and subscribe if you've enjoyed. And we will see you next week. Until then, peace out. See you.